Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, February 28th, 2019. Yes, it is the final day of the month. We're two months into the year. And by my calculation, that's about 18% of 2019. We're done with 18% of the year. Now, do things seem to be moving pretty fast to you? I mean, we've had some unusual movements here in the stock market. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you will also call me with any of your investing questions. Anything financial, I would love to talk to you about. Of course, there's no requirement to call me, but I would appreciate it. It makes the show more interesting for everybody and myself. Doesn't have to be about stocks. Anything financial, we'll talk about. I may not have an answer or the answer, but I have lots of data in front of me, and I can look up things really quick. So anything you want to talk financial, I'm ready for you. So, now, what is financial freedom? We've talked about this now for a couple of weeks, and I'm trying to hammer it in. And it's I asked my one of my brother-in-laws today what, what it meant to him. Well, how much money did he need to have to give him peace of mind and that he could retire if he wanted to or just keep working? And in his mind, it was a million and a half dollars. A million and a half dollars. He had a number. And I asked him, well, how did you derive that number? How, where did that come from? And believe me, he didn't know what I feel. I don't talk to him about this stuff. Most of my family is not that interested in this kind of conversation. They're interested in me giving them stock ideas. But they're not interested in figuring out, you know, if they, need, they have enough money and how to get there. But he had a pretty good grasp of what that kind of money would do for him. So, it's financial freedom means, and I told you a few couple of weeks ago that for me it's five to six million. Okay, so it's different for everybody. It could be ten million. I didn't. Know, what was her name that she said he needed ten million dollars? A famous, uh, famous financial lady on the TV. Who was it? Yes, that's right, Susie Orman. She said ten million. That's, I don't think I don't think most of us need that kind of money. I don't think so. Anyway, what's financial freedom to you? Whatever it is, you need to figure it out, and then you need to work toward getting it, getting yourself there financially. Okay, that's the key. What is it to you? Today in this hour, I'm going to do my best to help you answer that question and any financial questions you have. The line is now open. It always is, by the way. We call it our listen line number. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But it's word live now. If you call now, you can get on the radio. 888-99-CHART is the number. 888-99-CHART. That's the number. Okay. What's, what big news that came out today? What do we see? A slumping housing market. And bigger trade deficits softened up the economy in the last three months of last year, 2018. Everybody knew it was going to be softer. And it was a question. We got finally got the GDP number for the fourth quarter. Of course, it's very late. And I'm going to talk about that in more detail. It's one of my 
talking points today, but we finally got it. And um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't as good as I was hoping, but it was a lot better than a lot of uh, experts were saying they were expecting. But, you know, we'll go into a little bit more de- detail on that. Netflix and Amazon are often portrayed as the death knells for traditional media TV companies. And these two companies have certainly upended the traditional cable and TV model that has existed for decades, right? Well, you know, you know, we've talked about it off and on. You know, it's all about TV on demand, what you want to see when you want to see it, and over the internet, okay? And typically at lower cost points. So they've disrupted the cable and satellite TV business tremendously. But the existence of these two tech companies, along with others such as Hulu, YouTube, TV, Apple soon to be released, streaming service, and Disney's new streaming service soon to be released, um, what's happening is there was a merger announced. I mentioned it yesterday, AT&T and Time Warner, who uh, the government was fighting because they thought it was a monopoly. So, oh, we can't have AT&T buy Time Warner. Remember, think about what AT&T does. It provides the the highway, the freeway, the, the method to get to your house through data and phone and everything else, where Time Warner is all about content. So AT&T wanted to buy content, Time Warner. And the government thought, oh, that's a monopoly. And it tells me how out of date, how out of touch the government is. They don't understand what's going on in the TV and world if they think that's going to be a monopoly. There's no way. No way. You know, I mean, think about all the others that I just mentioned. And that's just a little handful of them. It, the whole model is changing. Now, it was a $104 billion deal for AT&T to buy Time Warner. And they were, and they they got uh, final court approval, dismissing the government's action against them. And apparently, the court smartened up and saw that this is not monopolistic; it's ridiculous, and it is ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Kind of reminds me of. Uh, do you remember IBM Big Blue? It used to be called. I don't think anybody uses that term anymore. Big Blue IBM. The government was suing them because they were dominating the computer world or with all computers. If you wanted a computer, you had to buy it from Big Blue. And so they were sued for years, and Big Blue was fighting it all the time. And then along came the PC, PC, and that destroyed Big Blue as far as the only computer and computer company that you can buy computers from in town. And of course, the government dropped all those lawsuits at some point because it was stupid. So competition has a way of working against those monopolies. Not always. I'm not going to say always. I'm just saying, you know, the government has to be more attuned to these things. It has to be smarter than that. Anyways, did you see about the news about the FedEx, Federal Express? This is interesting. That's one of the things that I kind of like. I like all the futuristic stuff. FedEx has unveiled a new robot system that will be used for same-day deliveries. The concept will become reality when it debuts in select cities as early as this summer. You're going to have a FedEx robot rolling up to your house to deliver a package. It'll be able to traverse paved or unpaved services, go up and down curbs, and even climb stairs. Now, because this will be a FedEx robot, not a human, 
Obviously, there is concern that things could go wrong, and I am sure that things will go wrong. You know, every new technology has bugs in it. Okay, everyone. It's just natural. Of course, it's going to have bugs in it. But I do think, I think we're looking at the future here. I want. I'm. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing the first robot roll up to my house or somebody else's house to see what it looks like. Aren't you? So that's what's happening. FedEx. Kind of interesting. 888-99 Charter is my number. You can call anytime you want. We're going to start off with Carl in Philadelphia. How you doing, Carl? Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Um, I thank I you for the call. I have a general question. I heard you talk about double bottoms. Now, does that refer? Uh-huh. Does that apply to a stock index or a stock itself? It does. It applies to an index, a stock, a mutual fund, and an ETF. All of them. And if you want to see a very good double bottom, you want to see a good, very good double bottom, you can actually see it. Um, I'm trying to figure, find out which which stock that I might pull up. I don't know any the top of my head, and maybe someone will call today. If you look at the SPY, which is the S&P 500, that is what we call a V bottom. And you'll see it. looks like a V. And a double bottom like. looks like Can a you W. you say V bottoms are, are not good? Yeah, V bottoms are less secure. They usually retest that bottom again and turn into a double bottom. And those are more secure when they bounce off a double bottom coming up. A V bottom is more risky. So you kind of want to look at it with a jaundiced eye and say, mm, maybe I'll wait till uh, it, it gives up some of those gains before I jump in. That's kind of how I look at it. It's very common that they don't, a V bottom then retests the bottom. Okay. Okay. And then it makes okay, a double great. bottom. Good if I, good enough. I, I'll hey, mention good on the, the air, move. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, we're moving everybody. We're, I, start, I took a bunch of filing cameras to the warehouse today. Remind me of my old moving days when I worked in college. But uh, uh, it was, uh, tomorrow is our official move day. And we sent out an email to everybody to show us our new digs. Uh, and hopefully you can visit me. It'd be great to see you. We're moving to Irvine, which is a little bit longer commute for me, and which is a disappointing for me because I don't like a longer commute. But it is much less commute for most of the employees. So, you know, they liked it. If it was just me and I was working by myself, I wouldn't be moving. But, you know, I got a crew that I have to keep happy. Anyways, we're almost through February, as I said. But there's always plenty of market moves. And we mentioned some market, you know, market news and data. And I always mention it every day, try to give, us, give you some things that's happening out there. So, but your questions are the things that drive this show. You're, what you're interested in, what drives this show. And I want you to call me and we'll talk about whatever, whatever financially you feel is important. And if it's important to you, it's probably important to a lot of other people. So, so I encourage you to reach out to Justin or, or myself at KPP Financial. You can send us an email and call us. I'm going to have a meeting up in San Jose in thir- on the 13th. Love to see you. We're live right now. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and can you believe it? We are fast moving to the end of February. And in just two weeks, Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose with an offer of a no-cost, 
personalized portfolio review. The date will be March 13th, that's a Wednesday, and you can register now at investtalk.com. Steve's here, and he's taking your calls live. So step up now with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. 888-992-4278. The market was down today. The Dow was down 69 points. The Nasdaq down 22. The S&P down 8. So uh, the last trading day, listen, this might be the first week of the year that the market was actually down. Let me see. One, two, three, four. Yeah. First week of the year, I think. One, two, three. Well, yeah, pretty close. Um, so um, that doesn't mean much, by the way. I just, you know, it just is kind of an interesting observation. But um, love to talk to you. 888-992-4278. The market was down. Um, I've got several talking points we want to discuss. Um, one is uh, the current, the main talking point we're going to discuss today is the the current bubble, the current bubble, mm, what bubble? Could take two paths, according to this chart. What's the current bubble, though? This is an article out of uh, MarketWatch. Well, I don't know if I ever agree. I even agree that the bubble exists, but we're going to talk about that. Uh, GDP numbers. I want to go in a little bit more detail about the GDP numbers for the fourth quarter and what it did to the year annual year-over-year GDP numbers and what were the good parts of that fourth quarter GDP number. Volatility is your friend. It means opportunity. And we've had lots of volatility. Don't be fearful of it. Don't be fearful of it. And also, if you want to save your children, you got to move out of the city. This is according to a study from Aarhus University in Denmark. I think this study is so full of holes. And this would be a good lesson. you got to read things critically. And I'm, I read the study, uh, and I read the, the conclusions, and I'm thinking, what a bunch of hokum that is. And I'm going to share why I think it's hokum. You can disagree with me. That would be okay. I have people disagree with me all the time. 888-992-4278. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I want to thank you for making this program part of your day, part of your routine. Justin and I do our very best to make it as interesting as we can. Some of the stuff is dry, and it's not interesting. I understand that, but we try. You can call us. You can make it interesting. I'm taking your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and you're ready for unbiased investing guidance, right? Of course you are, because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Mona in Fremont. She wants to talk about FedEx. How you doing, Mona? Doing good, Steve. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. So I've been thinking about adding uh, FedEx to my portfolio and wanted to get your thoughts to see if that's a good defensive stock, meaning, you know, if there is a recession or 
things go no 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 it's not a good mona i i like the stock don't get me wrong i think it's a good stock and it's a good stock to have in your portfolio but it's not defensive when you use the word defensive you're saying that it won't go down in the next economics downturn and fedex is very sensitive to the economic cycle because what do they do? They provide, you know, ground and parcels. They deliver parcels. They deliver more and more parcels. The, the stronger the economy, the more packages they deliver. The weaker the economy, the less packages they deliver. So, sales will go down in a recession. But I still like FedEx. Um, because it's an inexpensive. It provides, you know, ground cut. You know, everybody knows who it is. I won't do it. It's a forty-seven billion dollar company, and its sales are going to grow five. Uh, sales are growing about ten percent a quarter for the last two years on average, and they are growing their earnings five percent growth this year, and then twelve percent growth next year. So that's that's almost eighteen dollars a share, and the sell is the share the stock is selling for one hundred eighty-one dollars. So it's about a 10 or 11 PE, and that's really low with a return on equity of 23%, which is very high, which is very good. Not a lot of debt. It's got, I think this is where you buy it. You buy it here. Yes, in the next recession, it'll go down. But what if it goes up to 255 and the recession goes down to 200? Okay, it's 181 now. Long term, this is a good core holding, Mona, and this is a good price to buy it at. It's simple as that. Wonderful. So, yeah, I kind of like That's what I wanted. So that I, was I, my next question is, you know, is this a good uh, buy point? Because although it's not a good defensive stock, maybe it's a good add to my portfolio. I think it is. I really do. FedEx is a good, solid company. And if you, if you buy FedEx... Okay, this would be in, uh, it's in the transportation air freight sector. That's the sector it's in, transportation. Usually, the transportation sector works very good coming out of a recession, not going into one. And we're not going into recession anytime soon. I mean, no one knows, but I do think we're cl- a lot closer to a recession than most people suspect. Uh, by next year, I would be surprised if we're not in one. By next year. Now, I don't think the recession, you know, people get scared. You know what recession, def- the definition of recession is two quarters in a row of sh- of, sh- of shrinkage in our GDP. Doesn't mean, you know, a collapse. It doesn't have to be like the last recession. I don't see it being like the last recession. Okay, let's talk to Gene in North Carolina. How you doing, Gene? Hi. Uh, just to dovetail with that previous discussion you had, that's part of the Dow theory, right? That if a good transportation index goes higher with the Dow, then that's a good sign for the economy. That is exactly right. And you can see that in the ETF IYT, which is the transportation uh, ETF. And the theory, Dow theory is, as you know, the, the Dow goes up, it will be confirmed by the transportation index. In other words, it will go up too. If the transportation index doesn't go to new highs as the Dow goes up, then you're looking at a false move up in the Dow. So right. you can, it's called the Dow theory, everybody. There's more to it than that, but that's basically what it is. Uh, the reason I was calling was, was something else about just the fact that we're winding down the, the earnings uh, period right now. And I see a lot of stocks that are mm-hmm. gapping up and gapping down by what I consider more mm-hmm. than the expected amount, let's say more than up or down by 10% in a single day. 
I'm wondering, is that just yes. a sign of that the stock market is a lot more jittery than normal, and, and, and the gap going up is part of that due to people covering their short positions? In answer to the first part, yes, the jittery part, it, the market is much more skittish than it used to be, the, both up and down, and I think you've nailed that part. I don't think it's as a result of covering shorts, short covering. I don't think that is the reason for the gaps. Most of the gaps are caused by earnings disappointment or earnings surprises. Um, in this most in the most recent earnings uh, season, we're just almost finishing now. I, I think that's what you're seeing in those gaps. Uh, gaps, everybody, means a stock price closed at one price yesterday and a gap down or up to a brand new price to this morning when it opened up. That's a gap. Okay, so, so yeah, I think that. So yeah, Gene, I think the market is a lot more volatile than it used to be. And I think we're going to have to just get used to it. Thanks for the call, Gene. Appreciate it. Thank you. On the next Invest Talk, famed wealth builder Warren Buffett has called Bitcom a delusion. And he says it attracts charlatans. We talked about, remember we talked about not necessarily Bitcoin, but other cryptocurrencies yesterday. And I told you about 1% of them are going to be successful. The rest are either fake or... <laughs> fraud. In fact, the billionaire investor sees no unique value in the world's largest cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. That's a story tomorrow, everybody. I'm CPs. I am ready to take your questions. 888 chart Be right back. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk. The KPP Premium Newsletter, distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, our main talking point today. By dropping interest rates to near zero and purchasing mortgage-backed securities, which the Fed did in massive amounts, the Federal, Federal Reserve didn't allow the 2008 bubble to run its course. That's a theory. In other words, bubble building up and collapsing all the way down. Because they lowered the rates so much, it didn't collapse enough even though it collapsed pretty plenty to most of us. And now some of some people have the opinion uh, 
that the housing bubble isn't burst completely. Well, is that true? Well, there's some statistics to kind of bear that out. We talked about it. I try to share everything I think is important with you on this show every day. And I know I've talked about the the uh, the uh, foreclosures that still exist from the 2006-2007 craziness of lending money to anybody who could breathe. Didn't care if they could afford to pay it or not. And that there are many, many mortgages still outstanding that haven't been paid for at least five years or more and haven't been foreclosed on. There's still a flood of them. And this is where this article is getting the idea that maybe the housing bubble is not burst. Maybe we're going to have a second wave. Now, don't panic. They're not talking, you know, we're not really talking about a collapse in housing prices. We're just saying there's probably going to be a lot more housing, housing inventory coming online starting this year, which will probably lower prices. Now, you know we've had price increases pretty dramatic from the from the bubble low, right? The bubble burst and there was a low and then a pretty dramatic increase. Well, they're going to, they're, the, the theory is well, they have, with all these foreclosures coming on and the banks finally getting in there and foreclosing on these second wave, the second wave is going to be much smaller than the first wave as far as numbers are concerned, but still enough to put a downward pressure on the housing market, which is already having downward pressure. Remember, we talked about the 20, the 20 city uh, case Schiller uh, housing survey and that there that was up in the most recent quarter by what, two tenths of 1% of the recent month, quarter, quarter, quarter rolls a quarterly, month to month to month, but it's a quarter, it looks back a quarter. Anyways, so um, the, 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 the decrease in the increase, I know this sounds odd, but the decrease in the increase of prices, so now the houses prices are still increasing, but it, that, that, that growth is shrinking now, it's only two-tenths. And, that mean, and it's been shrinking for a year. We're probably looking at the next report down. Prices will be down. And that downward pressure probably will continue for at least another year, two years, maybe three. It's not going to be a, like over quickly, I don't think. And that's another reason why the Fed's probably going to stay, as they say, patient about raising rates. They don't, that's going to be an issue. It's going to be an issue. Housing is going to be an issue. Okay? We're going to go to Sean Du in North Carolina. How you doing, Sean Du? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. Yeah, so I started listening to your show from last few months, and I really like it. And this is the first time I'm calling in. Okay, thank you. Yeah, uh, so I have a question about uh, stock ties holdings. I actually bought it a couple of years back, and that was my first stock. I don't know why I bought it, but um, so it's been down like, more than half. I don't know. What's the like, symbol on it? I don't know. It's usually, like, I don't sell anything if I buy. So, just wanted to get your opinion on that. And okay, what's the symbol? Question, what's the symbol? Uh, Dice Holdings D. 
taken. Okay. Is it is it not discern? No. D H X. D as in dog. X as an X-ray. X as an X-ray. Yeah, D as in dog. H as in Henry. X as an X-ray. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's see if we can pull that up. Okay. DHI Group provides job listing, content, career de development, uh, and recruiting services via Dice.com uh, Dice Financial Careers. Um, and the problem you're probably having on it is that the sales have been shrinking for every quarter for more than two years. So, you know, there's the the question is is why why should I own this stock when it's when it's been going down it's 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 uh, sales have been shrinking for two years. Now don't misunderstand me. Earnings are going up. Earnings are going up. Now they're gonna be twenty eight cents this year from sixteen cents last year, and they'll be thirty cents next year. But it can't sustain that without turning around its sales growth. So um, personally, um, it's a $140 million stock. It's a micro cap. It's super high risk. I wouldn't be an owner of this stock. I would not. It's just not strong yeah. enough. I basically bought okay. like 100 when it was five. So it's like $500 uh, worth. So I don't know if there is a point mm, in selling it or just keeping it and continuing. No, it, it's probably not a, not a, no, no reason to hold on to the stock at all. It's too small. Uh, and it's not got the growth. The small, when you buy a real tiny company, that stock needs to be growing its sales like crazy. And this is shrinking two years. It needs to be growing for it to try to maintain a higher price. It's just, no. This is not the kind of high-risk little play you should have. You And if you ever do this again, make sure your sales growth is 50, 60, 100%. If it's, you know, a little tiny company like this. If it doesn't have that kind of sales growth, you stay away from it. Okay? Appreciate the call. Thank you, Sandu. Hey, uh, that was DX, DHX. That's a good lesson, everybody. You can try these little tiny things, but you have to do it with your eyes open, knowing you're taking a lot of risk, and most of them don't ever work out. The ones that do work out can make you a lot of money, but it's rare. Let's go to Bill and Hayward. How you doing, Bill? Uh, good afternoon, Steve. Doing fine, and thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, we want to talk about. Steve, that. I was looking. Yeah, I was looking. Uh, I have a balanced portfolio, and I was looking to add. Uh, I was looking at Altria to possibly add it to my portfolio. I, I was looking at the dividend first, and I wanted to get your opinion maybe on sustainability of that, as well as if you think there's any growth there. I know that they're doing some new things. They're getting into the cannabis area, I think, and Juul, the um, other kind of uh, smokeless way that people are getting doing that kind of thing. So I just want to get your opinion on, on the holding in general. Okay, uh, Ultra Group, symbol is M-O, everybody. It manufactures cigarettes and, and, and other tobacco products. And you kind of hit on, the Bill, the reasons why uh, we happen to own one of, these, one of these big tobacco companies. And it's pretty simple. 
It's all about the cannabis area. While I'm waiting for, because there's not much growth in Ultra Group, not much sales growth. It's pretty flat. Dividend is very solid. So while you're waiting for some kind of something to happen with the uh, cannabis influence on this stock, uh, you, you live off the dividend, 6.1%. And the dividend is very secure. Has been for years and years and years and years. So the dividend is very secure. And, you know, if they get into the cannabis, remember, we're talking about one of the two major tobacco companies in the United States, and both of them are going to be, you know, at some point participating in the cannabis distribution, growing, whatever it is, they're going to be there at some point, and they're going to probably buy up the smaller people, because we're talking about a $100 billion company. They're going to be buying up the smaller competition and be big players, and that'll probably boost the growth and um, that's where you might get some finally movement in the stock prices getting above $50, $60 a share. But you're going to have to be patient, Bill. So I do like it. We own one of them. There's uh, Altria and then the other one. I can't. I would mention it, but you know, I can't. I'm not supposed to. But, but um, I do think I, I'm waiting. I'll hold it for the dividend at 6%. I mean, where else are you going to park money and get 6%? You know, uh, so I think it's a good play for the cannabis area. It's much more conservative play, you know, but it's a solid play for the cannabis area. If you think that area is going to grow, which I do. Bill, appreciate the call. You like it at these Thank you levels? very much. For, you like it at these levels or would you actually, wait for some I, sort of pullback? I would not hesitate it. It's at $52.41. And that's, a, you know, it's only about a 13 PE. I think that's pretty cheap. You know, I think that's fairly inexpensive. If it, now it could pull back and retest, you know, the low of $44, then yeah, you could wait because I do think the market is probably prime for the next few weeks, a month or two of a pullback, and you could be patient and just wait for it. Um, and I think you will get it, but I could also be wrong. But I do think it's a good price even right now. So, you know, if you're not in a big rush, just take your time. I do think you'll get a better price. Okay? Appreciate it, Bill. Thank you for the call. Thanks for listening. I really do. I appreciate all everybody listening to the show and calling in. I really do. It really makes it for a much more interesting show for me. This is Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm happy to say that I will be returning to San Jose, uh, meeting with Talk listeners on Wednesday, March 13th. The reason why I go to San Jose so much, everybody, is that's where the radio show is broadcast from. And so I have a lot of clients up there. So I have a lot of, you know, a lot of interest up there. If anybody wants to, I'll go anywhere in the United States if there's been a lot of interest. But, you know, podcasting means the show is everywhere in the world. So it's not a lot of concentrated interest in any one place. But I will be up there in San Jose. If you want to meet with me there, you now's the time. Set up a time. Set up an appointment. Go. To, you just go to register. Send me an email at investtalk.com and say you want to meet with me. And we'll, we'll be in touch. And by the way, participants receive portfolio-specific guidance. I actually sit down with you, study, your, look at your portfolio, your assets, to help you improve efficiency. I don't necessarily, we're not necessarily to sell you something. I'm not. I'm on the stage in my career where I don't have to sell you something. I'm not that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable in my life where I am. So it's really to help you as best I can. And if, if you want to hire us as 
part of that help, that's great. If not, that's okay. We all are working for that financial freedom, that goal. And I hope you get there any way I can. So, remember, it's March 13th, San Jose. Go to investtalk.com, send me an email. Or you can call 888-99-CHARTER is our live number right now, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk listeners and KPP clients alike are invited to take advantage of the many products and services of KPP Financial. For example, the InvestTalk radio program and its podcast replays, the new online training experience, InvestTalk Academy, and the KPP premium newsletter distributed to subscribers each Friday. Learn more anytime at InvestTalk.com. The phone lines are open now, and you can call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to George in San Mateo. How are you doing, George? I'm doing good. Doing good. A uh, long-time listener of yours, and uh, you're doing a wonderful job for everybody. Thank you. Got a good question for you. I'm not sure how to handle it going forward or backwards. Um, PGE, PCG, uh, who mm-hmm. had filed bankruptcy many years ago, uh, filed bankruptcy again, and they dropped their price from 20, had a big drop down to five. I actually ended up shorting them around six bucks, nine bucks, and up to uh, uh-huh. uh, 19 bucks. And uh, and shorted a little bit more in the 17 range. This thing has been flopping around. Um, they admitted to uh, the California fires, and they got, you know, they filed bankruptcy. And I'm figuring, you know, any company going bankrupt, it's got to be going downwards. Uh, you know, not completely down to zero, but it's going to be around uh, or down low. I'm not really sure what the heck is going on with this, but today they um, admitted to some of the fires uh, that they may yep. have caused, and um, this thing is bouncing around all over the place. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you have a question in there somewhere? Um, I'm an all-cash deal on it because uh, there's no margin on this thing, so it's uh, eating me up a little bit. Okay, it it did have uh, it did say it did say that the their their fire their lines caused the fire and if you read the whole article, these were lines that they were supposed to you know fix in the last every year for the last three or four years. So I think they're going to be costing them a big bunch of money. I think it's going to be a big bunch of money. Now selling at seventeen dollars a share, will it go down lower? I'm pretty sure it's probably going to go down lower. It should. It shouldn't be at seventeen dollars a share as you pointed out. So I think your shorts will work, uh, but don't shorting mean he's he's thinking it's going to go down, everybody. But don't don't get too excited because you know it's a utility, so it's not necessarily going to go out of business. It's just going to file bankruptcy and come out. So be careful. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. Give me a call. Our number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. On the next Invest Talk, famed wealth builder Warren Buffett is called Bitcoin a delusion. Bottom line, the billionaire investor sees no unique value in the world's largest cryptocurrency. 
that story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. GDP, Q4, fourth quarter came in at 2.6%. It was expected to be 1.9%, so it was much better, but not as good as Q3, which is three, was 3.4%. So you had all four quarters together and you come up with an average, and we had a year-over-year growth in GDP at 2.9%. Now that was the what? The best in three or four years we've had. But we have never, ever achieved 3% growth from the most recent recession in 2008 on an annual basis. We, we, this is the first time from a recession that we haven't gotten to 3% GDP growth. Now, it's easy to understand why we didn't come out of the recession because we had so many barriers holding us back with a lot of new regulations coming out, uh, both in the healthcare with Obamacare. And I'm not saying bad, good, or indifferent. I'm just saying that the new regulations uh, really forestalled growth and also huge new regulations on the banking industry, justified or unjustified. I'm not saying that. I'm just, I'm just quoting the facts. When you have 25% or more of our economy being held back or being super legislatively constrained, then you're not going to have 3% GDP growth. So that's one of the reasons. So uh, we still don't have it. Still. Even after the big boost of uh, tax reductions by President Trump didn't really... Give us It gave us a short-term boost, but it didn't give us 3% growth for the year. But one thing that was good about the Q4, the fourth quarter GDP report, was that uh, CapEx spending, CapEx spending, that's capital expenditures by corporations. Capital expenditures are things like new factories and new computers and new systems. The company's spending money on itself to upgrade all of its stuff, whatever it is. That was very big. That grew very fast in the fourth quarter. And that has been one of the things been missing in this recovery from the deep recession we were in. A lot of corporate spending on itself to improve its business model. Well, that's a good sign. That's really a good sign. So that was the best thing coming out of this. Okay? We're almost out of time, but maybe we can squeeze in one more call. Brian and Sam Bruno has questions about PCG, the bankruptcy. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, I wanted to ask you in a previous call regarding the uh, bankruptcy of PG&E. Is it typical that when a company files for bankruptcy chapter 11, that it's pretty common that uh, after everything gets uh, straightened out with a plan and so forth, that with all the debt, the shareholders are the last ones to get kind of paid out. In most in most cases, with a company like this, don't they open up a new uh, stock or something, and the other ones get wiped out completely? Yes, that's your typical company corporation bankruptcy public company corporation bankruptcy yes and i'm sure that's what he was planning on when he shorted the stock that it would go to zero okay um and the investors but traders they don't believe that's happening or else it wouldn't be traded at 17 dollars and three cents a share 
But yeah, you're absolutely right. right, Brian. You're absolutely right. When a company files bankruptcy, a public company files bankruptcy, usually the shareholders and the stock get nothing, and new shares come out. And new shareholders are, you know, are, are involved. Many of them are the last shareholders, bond, bond, the bond issuers and stuff that had a higher, uh, higher, uh, they, they're the ones who get the shares usually. And the st- normal stock shareholders, they might get something, depends on the bankruptcy court. But most of the time they get wiped out, get wiped out. So the shorting that kind of stock makes sense. Okay. Brian, appreciate the call. Thanks for bringing that up and clearing that up because, you know, I may, I know I didn't make it clear for everybody. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTop program. And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. I really do enjoy them and appreciate everything you guys do for me. Tomorrow is a new day and a new month, and I'm going to be in a new office. We're moving from our offices in Dana Point up to uh, Irvine. So anybody can visit our office. Love to see you. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a nice evening, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.